This is the third in a series on the leadership series around being a leader in the self-storage business and even the self-storage industry. And today I want to talk about the art of delegation. This is something that's been rather elusive for me as a leader. And let's talk, let's dive into that today. My name is Mark Helm and I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage and I'm the creator of the Self-Storage Quick Start Academy, which houses the on-demand self-storage boot camp, which will take you from wherever you are now all the way to putting your first facility into service. It's a cloud-based training program with workbooks and all the forms we use in our storage business. And you can do it at your own pace. And the promise of the program is you will have everything you need, a step-by-step -step guide for putting your first or your next self-storage project into service today, given today's wacky numbers. But today I want to talk about what it takes to really be a leader in your company and particularly in the self-storage business. And today that's the art of delegation. As we discussed in the previous team building episode, you're only going to be as successful as the team that you surround yourself with and your skill set at delegation to a large degree is going to determine how effective and how successful you and your company are you know we can only do so much our bandwidth is only so wide so to a large degree how well our company does will be a function of who we have in place and how well we delegate to them I truly believe that it's our thinking, it's our own thinking that creates the ceiling on what's possible for us in life and in business. And I see over and over again, the entrepreneur, the person, particularly in the self-storage industry, we seem to attract a lot of people like myself and others who have the mindset that no one's going to do it as well as I do. No one's going to care as much as I do. So if it's going to be done right, I'm the one that's got to do it. And what that does is that belief system, although valid, I'm not going to say it's not valid, but that belief system itself creates the ceiling on what's possible for you in your life because you're only going to get as big as as much stuff as you can handle because no one's going to do it as well as you. I see it over, I see it over, and I see it over again. Now, if you're going to do one, two, three facilities, that's fine. It might, you know, limit what's possible or what's possible in those facilities or what's possible in your company, but it, it'll probably be okay. If you're growing a big company, it's fatal. So let's talk about the art of delegation. What do we mean by delegating. Well, in my opinion, there's four pieces to effective delegation that I've discovered over the years. And it starts with the right people, the right team. Last week, we talked about putting the right team members in place. Episode 331, we talked about what those team members should actually do. Many of the business books call it putting the right butts in the right seat. 
So let's start with managers, property managers. I'm assuming you're going to have a property manager. You may not. You may have other employees, but let's just take property managers for an example. Now, I know today it's hard to find good employees. I don't want to minimize that, but the reality is it's always been hard finding good employees. Might be a little harder today, but it's never been easy. At least for the companies that I've been involved in, the storage companies, I never cease to be amazed at the ownership most of our employees take, particularly at the manager level. I, I'm sometimes amazed at the ownership they'll take. They don't own the project, but yet they, they approach the business like it's theirs. I've often wondered what motivates people to do that. Now, I believe it starts with you being clear on what you're looking for when you hire an employee. Now, there's no right answer here. We're going to actually dive a little deeper into this next week, but there's no right answer here. But as you define the culture you're creating and the company you're creating, that will inform you what you're looking for in an a manager or an employee. So, for example, with managers, we're looking for, first of all, empathetic people, people that can relate to people, because in the storage business, your customers are usually people going through transitions, not all of them pleasant very often unpleasant, and we're looking for somebody who can has empathy and can empathize with our customer base, and we're looking for somebody who we can train to be a salesperson, that we can talk about selling, that doesn't think being a salesperson is a bad thing, doesn't think selling is a bad thing. So we know what we're looking for in an employee when we start hiring them. Very often when we've taken over an existing self-storage facility, it's happened on numerous occasions, where the previous owner was a real micromanager, the employees never really do very well in our company. We're also looking for people who can think on their feet that will empower themselves. You know, we give them guidelines. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We give them guidelines, but we want to have employees who can make decisions and take ownership and will be accountable to us. And as we're hiring people, we test them, we talk with them. That's what we're looking for in an employee. I'm really not that interested if they've had self-storage experience in the past. In many ways, it's better if they haven't because we can teach them what they need to know about self-storage. I can't teach them empathy. Now, this also goes for the right vendors. Uh, when I'm looking, what am I looking for in a vendor? Well, one of the things I'm going to assume that they're competent at their skill, but I'm, I'm going to look at referrals, but I'm looking at someone who's responsive to me. It becomes much harder for me to delegate out tasks and roles and responsibilities to somebody I don't have a lot of confidence in that's going to do the job. So the very first thing in the art of delegation, in my opinion, is the right people, the right vendors. The next thing that's really important is the right direction, giving clear direction to people, whether they're vendors or employees. As the business owner, now this isn't necessarily true, but I take 100% responsibility for the company. 
Now, it's just that empowers me as a business owner because if if I'm not 100% responsible, then it then I'm at the mercy of my employees and my vendors. Now, I've said to a large degree, our success is a function of the team members we put in place. But as the business owner and somebody who I, as a business owner, I create myself 100% accountable. So it's up to me to put the right team in the right place. If something doesn't happen right, ultimately it falls on me. So when I'm working with somebody, my training is anything I do more than once a month, whether that's start a computer, you know, open the facility up, maintenance, anything I do, I will write the procedure down or I'll video the procedure. There's a lot of easy to use screen capture video. And basically, we create operations manuals and these operations manuals everything from opening the door to starting the computer to opening the facility to the maintenance everything that happens in running that business we create a system for it. that way we're creating a company that's not people dependent but systems dependent so how many times is you, have you looked at facilities to buy where the owner doesn't have a clue what to do if the manager's sick or dies or quits that owner is at a total loss at running their facility don't be that way you want to have systems in place and have your company be system dependent, not people dependent. Yes, you want the right people in the right places, but people come and go. Now, my coaching is prepare, anticipate, maybe even strive for the day that you turn everything in your business over to someone else. Even the stuff that you do and you do very well. If you create a company, you may not turn everything over to someone else, but if you've got the systems in place where you could totally back away and everything is outlined on how to run your business, first of all, your business is more valuable. And many of us get in this business because of the perceived freedom that we see that self-storage can give us. So design your company such that you could even replace yourself. Now that might be in the development side, it might be in the operations side, it might be on both sides, but have systems in place so that you eventually could back away from every aspect of running of your business and it, there are systems in place that people could easily learn how to run that business. That way, as we start assigning accountabilities and responsibilities and delegating out to other people, the systems are already there and the training's already there to do it. The next aspect, the third of four aspects, I think make for effective delegation is creating space for people to make mistakes. Now here's the deal. You make mistakes. You make a lot of mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes. It would be unreasonable for us to expect that our employees and our vendors wouldn't make mistakes. 
Now the goal is we don't make the same mistakes over and over again. And the goal is there's not a lot of zeros attached to any mistakes that are made. But if you can create an environment, at least in my opinion, where people are not afraid to make mistakes, then you create an environment where people can make decisions and function in a healthy way. I know of a father that asked his daughter every day while she was in school, they'd be sitting around the dinner table, every day he would ask the daughter, what mistakes did you make today? Now, how do you, th as a woman, how do you think that, do you think that person, that daughter has an empowering relationship to making mistakes? Do you think that daughter learns from her mistakes? Do you think she's scared of making mistakes? The mistakes are how we grow, how we learn. I've made every mistake you can make, I think, in the self-storage business and find ways to make new ones every day. I also make a lot of mistakes at home, too. Just ask my wife. Don't be afraid of you or your team members or your employees making mistakes. They will. You will. The whole goal is to grow from the mistakes. Create an environment where you can look at mistakes, learn from them, grow from them, and not make them again, or at least not make those mistakes again. I know this might sound phony, silly, but one of the, there's nothing, or one of the most fulfilling things in my life is seeing an employee who develops because they work for us they develop professionally and they develop personally and I, I love creating a space where that can happen we have very we very low turnover in our company my experience is employees are usually harder on themselves than we are the real art of this concept we're talking about is having clear guidelines on what employees or vendors can and can't do. For example, our managers know they have up to one month's income on a rental unit to negotiate getting that customer and they can use it how they want. They could give a month free if they have to. They, we, we train them not to just give it away, but they've used it up to a month free, second month free, half off the first month, applied it towards a U-Haul rental truck if that's what the customer need to made the move. We've even applied it to buying the battery powered lights to put in the units if they need a light in their unit and that's what's holding them up. Our employees are empowered up to a certain point. Past that point they have to get permission of a supervisor or a partner and it works real well in the culture that we've created. Now, I'm not saying that's what you need to create but our managers know what their limits are and they're empowered within those limits to use that how they see fit to close the deal because they're bonused on what how many people they move in especially in a lease-up situation so if you want to really move the dial on something bonus people based on what you're trying to impact in your business and the last 
thing that makes for effective delegation, in my opinion, and it's probably the thing I have struggled with the most, is to delegate but not advocate. So many times when I turn something over to you or over to a partner or over to a manager, in my world, it was no longer on me. It's now on you and I can go do what I want to do and do something else. That is not effective delegation. That's advocation. So what do we do? The moment we turn something over, a responsibility or a task over, I've learned the hard way, and this is what I do, there's a million ways to do it, but I put in my computer moments to benchmarks to follow up and make sure that something's happening there. When I'm waiting for a layout from a vendor, I don't just email the footprint of the land or the footprint of the building and then wait for it. I've got target dates where I'm following up to make sure that it hasn't slipped from their mind and they're on the task. You know, for many years, I would be very frustrated, particularly with vendors. I had to continually follow up with them. They never would give me stuff I thought in a timely manner or up to the standard I expected. And what I realized was the problem was over here, not over there. I hadn't set structures up to follow up with them. Maybe I wasn't exactly clear on what I wanted. And I took 100% responsibility for that in my little business. So when I turn something over to a vendor, there are scheduled follow-ups. I don't have to think about them. My computer will beep at me on a certain day, and I know I've got to reach out to that vendor and see where we are in the process. Same with employees. Our employees know we have five key performance indicators that they are measured on monthly. They know we're looking at them. They help set what they are a year, uh, at least when I was running the employees, we did it a, a year at a time and they know what we're expecting and they're usually telling me where they are in relationship to what they're being measured on because they know we're going to have conversations monthly or quarterly on their key performance indicators. So delegation is not moving it from your plate over to theirs. It does free you up, but it doesn't totally, you're not done with it. As the business owner, you're accountable for it, whatever you're delegating out. So I try to make clear the expectations I have, get input from them, make sure that my expectations are not out of line with what they anticipate doing or providing me. And then I set structures up and benchmarks to follow up and see where we are in the process. This part of effective delegation was the hardest for me to learn. I'm not perfect at it but I've made a lot of growth and a lot of progress in it as a leader and a business owner. And if you want to be successful in the storage business or any business for that matter, but particularly the storage business, being good at the art of delegation, 
the four things that we talked about will go a huge way in creating a very successful company for yourself and adds a lot of value to the company you're creating. As small owners and small investors, we've got a real advantage. We can move quick, we can create, we can make decisions, empower our team to implement them, delegate them out, and we can move much faster than larger companies. We can create very profitable companies by being a small business owner in the storage space. By being, by being good at the art of delegation, you will be an effective leader and you will create some, a very successful company in the storage business most of the time. So thank you very much. I look forward to being you, with you next week as we close out this series on leadership skills in the self-storage industry. And I will see you then.